Every single day you wake up, you have the opportunity to start over, to make a difference, to right a wrong, to shift your life into a better direction. Thankfully, we have a God that gives us that second chance every day. We hope this show will bring you information and stories that will inspire you to be the best you can be. This is Every Day is a Second Chance, presented by Heyman Hoke. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Well, welcome back once again to another episode of Every Day is a Second Chance. I'm your host, Fred Heyman, and today we've got a special guest. Today, uh, I'm just really excited to have David with us. David Rose is the Assistant Director of Fresh Start Christian Sober Living, located in McKinney, Texas. Um, I, I was afraid I was going to mess that one up, but I, <laughs> I, I seemed to stumble through it. But uh, he's going to tell us his story. And, and David and I uh, are just now meeting. He was introduced to me by our guest uh, that we had last week, uh, Rolanda. Uh, she highly recommended that we hear his story. So I'm, I'm excited to, to hear his story today. But as I uh, want to you know, remind everybody why we do this story, uh, why this podcast even exists, every day is a second chance as uh, a, an idea that God put on my heart many years ago. Um, as I mentioned in some of the prior shows, I am in the middle of writing a book. I'd say about 75 to 80% finished right now um, that God put on my heart when I almost died in 2007. 2006, 2007, I went through a very traumatic uh, medical uh, issue that uh, put me in critical condition for 10 days, uh, put me in the hospital the first time 37 days, took me out of work for over eight months, uh, about 18 months from start to finish from surgery one to surgery six, five and six up in Cleveland uh, at the Cleveland Clinic. But during that time and during that, those months of laying in bed and laying in the hospital and feeling sorry for myself and going through everything that you go through when, when you have a traumatic event like that, um, God put it on my heart. And he said, when you finish this, you need to, to do a book called Every Day is a Second Chance. And I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've tried for 16 years working on it. Uh, not very hard because I've been uh, Jonah. I've, uh, God has told me to do stuff and I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it when I want to, God. And, and so I finally, the last couple of years got really serious and I've really been working on it. Um, and this year I'm going to finish it that I, I'm saying this on camera so that I have to hold myself accountable. Um, but in the process of doing this, somebody said, Hey, why don't you do a podcast on it? Why don't you do a podcast so that people know that, Every day you wake up, every single day that we are, get out of bed and we have breath in our lungs, we have a second chance to start over. We have a second chance to do something right, to uh, make a wrong a right, to change our attitude, to pursue God more closely, to apologize and forgive somebody, to just go in a, a, a better direction because that's what God wants us to do. Uh, I said, you know, at the beginning of these episodes, this is not a religious show. This is a show about faith. I have a very, very strong faith in God. And my situation, uh, I, things that I had happen to me during my situation, I don't even question that 
is there a God or is there not a God? I don't even question, does, did Christ exist and did he die on the cross and was he our savior? Is he our savior? Because I, I've been exposed to it. I mean, I had two spiritual encounters that I can't, I, I, I can tell the stories and I will at some point, but there was no doubt in my mind that the invisible world is just as real as the visible world. And there are things in our life that we decide uh, humanly to do things wrong when the spiritual world wants us to do things right. God wants us to follow him. God wants us to do the right thing. The Bible is very clear about doing the right thing. And no matter what faith you are, you know, the, the, the books that other faiths uh, follow uh, the Torah, um, uh, the Quran, you know, when you look at them as a whole, they're all saying the same, same thing. It, God is love. God is a God of second chances. He, and I, and I say that second chances because he doesn't give third chances. He doesn't give fourth chances because he doesn't remember what we did before. If we're trying to pursue him, he remembers what we, where we are, that we're his children, that he loves us and that he wants us to do right. And, and he talks to us a lot more than a lot of us think. I, I'm going to share a little quick story before I, I, I turn this over and I let David uh, share with us. But uh, recently, my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, had to make a very, very difficult uh, decision in her life. And during that, I remember at one point she uh, was very upset, crying. And, and she says, I just don't know what to do. And I said, have you talked to God? And she says, yes, dad, I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying and, and he won't give me an answer. And I said, well, maybe he has given you an answer. Let me ask you a couple questions. And she said, okay. And I said, when you decide A, there was two choices, A and B. I said, when you think about choosing A, do you have peace on your heart? Do you feel peace when you think about taking that course of action, that decision? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, okay, how about B? When you think about choosing B and going that course of action, do you have peace? And she says, no, I have nothing but anxiety. And I said, then God has talked to you. God has told you which direction you need to go because God wouldn't put anxiety on your heart. If you've asked him to, to, to guide you and you are trusting him to guide you, then he won't guide you in the direction of anxiety. He's guiding you in the direction of peace and that's the decision you have to make. And that's what made her realize, okay, I can do this. And a lot of us get tied up in the fact that, why won't God talk to me? Because we're expecting him to punch us in the face. And he doesn't do that. So often he whispers to us. He whispers in our ear and, and, and hopes we're listening to him. But because of our lives, because of social media, because of everything that goes on in 2023, we don't slow down long enough to listen to those whispers. Instead, we're running from the office to swing by Velvet Taco and grab a taco on the way to do this podcast like I just did today. We don't slow down and listen. So I hope today, one of the things that you'll get out of this is 
You need to slow down and listen a little bit. But I, I've talked enough. I want to turn it over to my guest. I want to you all to enjoy this story. I'm like I said, I'm excited because I don't know the story, but I've been told it, it's great. So, David, I'd like to introduce you to our, our guest. Thank you so much for taking the time to come see us, to take time out of your day to visit. Um, let's before we jump in, um, tell us a little bit about where you work and what it does and a little bit about the organization and how we kind of came around to, to you and I even knowing each other because of that. Okay. Uh, thanks, Fred. It's an honor and a privilege to be a guest on your show today. Thank you. Um, my name's David. I am the assistant director at Fresh Start Christian Sober Living. We specialize in sober living homes in McKinney. Um, what led me to Fresh Start was because I struggled with drug addiction myself for many years. And um, it's just been a complete life changer for me since I have arrived. Um, so that's what we do. We are a faith-based sober living house. Um, we encourage the gentleman to establish a relationship with Jesus Christ because that's what saved us. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as my background and my story is concerned, um, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, actually wow. Highland Park, Michigan, which is a city centered in Detroit. It separates the east side from the west side of Detroit. And unfortunately, the time in the era that I grew up, the crack epidemic swept through the cities by storm and my dad became a product of that environment. What, what years were that? Uh, 81. Okay, in, that, in the so 80s. the early 80s. In the early 80s. And, and, and just so our, our viewers that may not know, um, the early 80s brought some real uh, economic devastation to Detroit. Yes. Um, because of the auto industry, right? Absolutely. Am I, am I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is my recollection. I'm, uh, I'm a kid of the 80s. I graduated from high school in 82, so I'm right. But I, and I remember that, that, that all these jobs were leaving Detroit because all these plants were shutting down. There were major issues. And Detroit went from a flourishing mm -hmm. city to devastation almost overnight. I mean, very, it happened very quickly, if I remember correctly. And so we went from this, this city that was just had lots, I, I would say lots of money mm -hmm. to a That's city correct. that had no money or little to no money and empty houses and empty places. And I'm guessing that's the time you're talking about when your dad got drawn into that world. Absolutely. That is correct. Was your dad a product of that uh, automobile downturn or what, what was so, your father, your your family like? So the family dynamics, my dad was a, a, a vet. And so uh, when I was, I'm the youngest of four kids. And so by the time I was born, he was already in full blown addiction. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so the household was a mess. You know, my mom was overwhelmed trying to raise us by herself. And so I grew up in that environment where it was just drugs alcohol you know by the time i, I experienced so much trauma mm -hmm. by the time i was 10 years old i've been sexually abused oh, physically abused neglected abandoned and so i was under a heavy influence from the drug dealers in, in my neighborhood mm 
So by the age of 11, I actually started selling crack cocaine myself. Oh my God. Uh, to fast forward a bit, when I turned 15, I was shot. Someone tried to kill me due to the lifestyle that I was living. Right. And um, I've saw so many people murdered. I've saw death with my own eyes. Um, I always had a conscious knowledge of who God was because my mom kept me in the church mm -hmm. for the most part. And mm -hmm. so I had a relationship with God, but I had that Jonah syndrome as well. And I was running from God, but I always had a calling on my life. And he has saved me so many times. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle. And, and when you say that, did you know at the time he was saving you? Or is that one of those things you look back and went, wow, because that's my life. A lot, a lot of my life is not, I knew it when it happened. I, it's more like I look back and I'm thinking, I, I should have never lived through that or I should have never, wow. It, it's one of them where I look back and say, wow, it wasn't nothing but God that got me through that. <laughs> it wasn't nothing I did. But at the time, no, I didn't realize that. Right. You know, right. I was just was spiraling. I, you know, I was a product of that environment. Um, but I got addicted to marijuana. That was my first drug of choice. I fell in love with it. I smoke marijuana all the time, all day, every day for years. And that's the drug that society right now, since it's legalizing it in so many different states and all, they they downplay it. And, and they, you know, some will argue it's a gateway drug. Some will argue it's not a big deal. It's no different than alcohol. But it is. I mean, and, and people can become addicted to that. Mm hmm um, because they don't, peop, I, I don't think society as a whole, they see, okay, I, I understand a person when they're a heroin addict or, or cocaine, or, but not marijuana. But it is, it, it can become a, and I guess like alcohol, you can either casually use it or it consumes your life. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly what it did to me. It consumed my life. Um, it's just, it was a part of my everyday life. Uh, so, yeah, I sold drugs for 15 years, roughly wow. off and on. And, and this whole time, were you in Detroit? Or did the you whole time leave? I was in Detroit. Okay. And then I ended up moving to Chicago in uh, 2001, and I took my drug dealing mentality out there. Mm -hmm. And I ended up selling a substantial amount of narcotics to an undercover task force agent, mm -hmm. and that landed me in prison. Right. Thank God it did, that it did, because that was a life changer saved my life as well you don't hear people too too many say i landed in prison thank god that, that, <laughs> yeah. but i i shared in a, a prior episode i i went on a uh a prison ministry one time and i remember i had a kind of a not so great attitude i had my ex-police officer attitude going in of a, you know i dealt with nothing but bad you know and I'm why am I going to prison? Because these guys deserve to be there. These guys, and yeah, you hear, oh, yeah, I found God in prison. I found Christ in prison. But after two days in that prison with these guys, there's no doubt that Christ is in there. Most definitely. And 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 it, I left that weekend completely different than when I started that weekend because it made me realize that that so many individuals in prison. Are, are yeah they did bad things they they need to be you know uh incarcerated some of them but more than anything else they're lost souls they're the, a lot of them didn't even have a chance like what it sounds like you're describing 
your life. You were born into this life and you didn't even have a chance. You, you weren't given a choice. You didn't have an opportunities that other people have. And it, it led you down the path that, that you, the only path you knew. That's right. And then you end up in prison. How long were you sentenced for? Four years. I had four years in prison. Once I was released, I didn't know how to live. I mean, I didn't, selling drugs was my normalcy. So when I was released. How, how old were you at that time? I was 25. Okay. With two children and a wife. And so upon my release, wow. I'm sitting here looking at this family to take care of that I don't know how to do it, making an honest living. Right. And so, and I never dealt with the underlying issues from my childhood mm -hmm. in regards to the trauma that I've experienced. So that led me to start using heavier substances. Oh man. And so I was, I was self-medicating to cope with all the pain and mm -hmm. the trauma that I've experienced in my childhood years. Mm -hmm. and, and I just spiraled. I mean, I was literally, and you know, God is a God of second chances because every single morning, his mercies are renewed. Right. And every single day, even, even in active addiction, he still kept me. That's right. He kept me completely throughout the whole journey. And so... Um, yeah, I, I get people that will go through that and uh, they'll say, you know, where was God when this happened? Yeah, he was right there. He was right there. He, he's right there, whether we see him or feel him or, or reach out to him, but he's right there. He's right there. And, and so how long... Uh, now you're 25, you come out... You started in the uh, that world again. Take us from there. What, where did the, where did life take you from there? So, life led me. I mean, my drug addiction led me to become homeless. Uh, it led me to become a thief. It led me to become a liar, a manipulator, a cheater. Everything that I hated in my dad. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't. I didn't know how to forgive. I didn't know how to forgive others. I didn't know how to forgive myself. I mean, I was, I was literally a lost soul. Mm. I was a lost soul. And I'm just so grateful that God never let his hand go off of me because without him, I wouldn't be who I am today. Without the trauma that I experienced, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I was able to, he gave me the ability to literally let go and let God. You know, that's easier said than done, but if you could learn to surrender your entire life like I've did, then there's freedom from every single uh, obstacle that you've ever faced in your life. That's for sure. So were you, I, I, I guess I would say reintroduced to God while you were in prison? Did you get involved in Bible I, I studies? I read the Bible from cover to cover. I stopped watching television. I don't even watch television to this day. But <laughs> it's I, too depressing. <laughs> I, I read the Bible from cover to cover, and I didn't just read it. I was asking the Lord to write his word on the tablet of my heart mm -hmm. so that I could lean on it in a time of need. And I've learned to not just learn the Bible, study the Bible, be able to quote scripture. I've learned to apply what I've read. Oh, that's and so the application good. is right. what's most important because. And so you go through prison, you, you, you find that, but then you get out and you're sucked back into that world. Take us from that, at that point of your life to, to today. I mean, it's obvious today you're not in that world anymore. You're not, no, sir. What, what brought you out of it? What, what took you from that point to, to where we are today? So it was a 
conscious decision. I told myself, I'm going to either get busy living for God or I'm going to get busy dying. And, and you you did that on your own in the middle of this drug battle that you were having. Wow. In the middle of a drug battle. I was incarcerated for 90 days when I made that decision. Uh, I had caught a DUI and I ended up going to the county for 90 days. Okay. And the whole time I was in the county, I mean, it was just I was battling against getting high again because I had quit by force. Mm -hmm. It wasn't by choice. Right. So upon my release, it was so difficult to resist the temptation of getting high again. Mm -hmm. And so I went into a rehabilitation center clean from drugs and alcohol. And I completed that program. It was a four-month program. Once I completed that program and I was digging deep into God's word and surrendering my life to him and, and surrendering my entire being to God, he just kept showing me, you keep doing the right thing, I'm gonna keep giving you a second chance mm -hmm. every day. And he just kept directing me and leading me down the righteous path that I'm on today. Mm -hmm. And so I have a brother that lived here in Texas and he said, hey man, I, I think you just need a change of environment. Maybe you should come try Texas out. Get away from that. Texas cures everything. Man, it's the cure. <laughs> It's the cure to all. <laughs> at least, at least those of us from Texas feel that way, right? <laughs> so, so once I got what here. What year did you come down here? I got here in 2020. Okay. Right, right before COVID. So from, from the early 2000s and then going to prison in the early 2000s, uh, caught out. You All this time was in Chicago, I guess. Yes. And then 2020, you right out, well, right in the heart of COVID. I guess COVID kind of started March of 2020. I got here February 2020. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, let's go down and everything hits the fan. And I, you know, can't find a job because there's no work down here because of COVID. So you came down. Did you live with your brother? What you? So I live with my brother. I lived there for a couple of weeks. And I decided, you know what? I want to start at the bottom. And I found a shelter to go to. I stayed at wow. the shelter for about five months. From the shelter is where I discovered... Fresh start, Christian, sober living. Really? And it changed the entire trajectory of my life because now I'm around sober people, like-minded people, mm -hmm. people that's of the faith, you know, and the director of Fresh Start, Rod Lambert, he is an amazing guy that have a great heart to help people recover from drugs and alcohol. And not only that, he's a leader and he leads by example to show all of the guys that come through the house that only a relationship with Jesus Christ is what changed his life mm -hmm. and it's changing the guy's life that live at our homes. Mm -hmm. And so once I got there, man, he just coached me, became my life coach. He just became my mentor. You know, he took me to his church and uh, it just, it just took off from there, you know, and I took the bull by the horns and he made me the house manager. And then, you know, and, and those aren't nothing but titles, you know, um, Position is nothing to me. Mission is everything. And now I know that the mission that God had me on is a greater purpose than myself. It's just to usher the lost sheep mm -hmm. to the cross. That's what mm -hmm. it's all about. Well, and a lot of people, I think, get wrapped up in the, um, my, my life has been too bad. I've done too many bad things. I've done, I've had a bad, you know, I've screwed up too much 
to where God can't use me. Or, or, or you know, it, some, some mindset of that negative mindset of, of their life and thinking there's no more hope. And over and over and over again, I see that God uses our horrible stories. God uses our horrible life to better other people. And none of us are beyond that, beyond taking where we've been and using that for his glory, for, for the good of mankind, for the good of our fellow fellow human beings. And, and I, you know, not too many people that I've met that can come in and talk to people fighting drug and alcohol addiction that will be respected if they've never been there. Been there. Right. <laughs> and and that's what so much so many of us have to realize is that whatever we've been through is an opportunity for us to do something with that. That's right. And and to run with it and to help people. It's that's so phenomenal. How how long have you been clean? Going on five years. Wow. Going on Congratulations. five Congratulations. I'm four years. That's counting. awesome. Four years and counting. So Okay. And and just so you know, we we, we we're we're honest in this show. We were 100%. Do you do you find yourself still fighting the temptation to go back? Not at all. And when did that stop? That stopped. That stopped about three 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 or so years ago. Three about three. And so. what do you think was the magic? Because I yeah, I hear people that that's you know you you hear you hear people always say once an alcoholic always an alcoholic once a drug addict always a drug addict and even though you're clean there's always that chance of falling back how do you what 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 would you say was your turning point that that changed that for you changed that desire changed that mindset to where Instead of waking up in the morning and the thoughts going through your mind of I'd like to smoke a joint or whatever that may be, to not having that anymore. The rewiring of my brain with the word of God is so powerful. <laughs> you know, because he's Jesus, who he set free is free indeed. Mm -hmm. And so that's the biggest deception that once a drug addict, always a drug addict. That's not true. That's not your destiny. That's not who you are. That's not who God designed you to become. Sure. That's not who you're not an alcoholic always, you know. Um, so I start unlearning all of the old habits and I start relearning new, hab new habits. Right. And I filled my brain with the word of God. I meditated on scripture day and night. That's awesome. You know, and, mm -hmm. and I live it. You know, you got to breathe it. You got to eat the word. You got to apply it. And that's, that was the changing point in my life where temptation isn't even an issue anymore. Although we tempted always, you know, oh, the sure. enemy is going to always tempt you. But, you know, there is no temptation that has overtaken me that isn't common to man. Mm -hmm. And God is faithful. And I love the way you said that rewiring. I think, I think the Bible puts it transforming. Yeah. Transform your mind, transform your life. But it is. It's a rewiring Yes, sir. Our, our human nature is to commit sin. And we can't deny that. We can't. Some people say, well, I, you know, I want I, to quit sinning. We'll never, ever, ever quit sinning as long as you are human on this earth. But you can take those. And, and I, I just went through 
a, a weekend men's or uh, we. I keep wanting to say men's retreat, but we say we didn't retreat that weekend. We advanced. We call awesome. it men's advance. I like that. And, but one of the things that we talked about in depth in that is how the Bible says you must take these thoughts captive. Yes, that's the key. And and, and what what does that mean? I mean, when you hear that, what does that mean to you? To me, that means that any negative thoughts that comes into my mind, I can immediately cast that out and combat it with something holy, something pleasant, something kind, something loving, something right. caring. You got to immediately cast down them vain imaginations, anything that exalts itself up above the knowledge of God. And so that's what I do. Like if, if you're stuck in traffic and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> and you start getting anxiety, you can say, you know what? Hey, at least I got a vehicle to drive in traffic. <laughs> yeah. It's always a way to combat the negative with the positive. But and and that's it. You know, I and I've I, I've told my daughters about this. Negative does not come from God. There's nothing in the Bible about God that's negative. Nothing. It's all positive. And capturing those thoughts, because I, I think some people beat themselves up thinking, God, I can't quit thinking. These thoughts are gonna hit us. Because the enemy mm -hmm. is here to lie, cheat, destroy anything he can. So he'll throw thoughts in our minds, whether it be of drugs, whether it be of lust, whether it be whatever negative it is. Captivating it and throwing it out of your mind because we have a choice. God gave us a choice. We choose to let those negative thoughts dwell in us or, or, or capture them. We're, we're about out of time, and I kind of want to wrap up, but okay. but I, I touched on this in the last show, and, and I, I want to kind of get your thoughts on it as we wrap up. The, the last show, uh, I shared one of the things we did over my weekend is we talked about in the morning we wake up, and we have good intention. Most people don't wake up with, with bad intention. I have a good intention that I'm going to make today a good day. And then things get in our way, like traffic, or our spouse saying something that we don't like, or getting to work and work, you know, the problems. And these roadblocks or these, these landmines get in our way, and we choose how to respond to those. And we choose either the penthouse or the ghetto. <laughs> and, and the penthouse is what God says in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Mm. Love is compassionate. We choose to think that way or we choose to think with anger and fear and aggression. And, and, and so some people will say, well, I, it, it, well, I had no choice but to get pissed off. Well, we do. We absolutely do have a choice. And so you have consciously made it your life, it sounds like. It is my life. To choose the penthouse. I choose the penthouse. I choose the penthouse. You know, we don't, everything doesn't deserve a response or a reaction, and we're in control of that. And it's what we feed. Either, so I feed my spirit more than I feed my flesh. So if, I'm having, if I wake up with good intentions and then I'm having a terrible day, and I start out having a terrible day, I feed myself God's word, I listen to gospel music. That's how I combat the mm -hmm. negative. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I feed my spirit more than I feed the flesh. And I'm guessing that's what you guys do at, at the sober living homes yes. to try to help train guys to think that way and to feel that way and to act that way. Absolutely. That's exactly what we do. We implement a structured program, a faith-based program off the Beatitudes in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's, we've seen men's lives change dramatically. That's men awesome. has been reconciled to their families. Men have given their life to Christ coming through our, our homes. It's just been a life-changing experience for myself and the men at the houses as well. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Dave, for for being on the show. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being such a man of God and and, and not letting your yesterday dictate your tomorrow. Absolutely. Because so many of us do that. That's correct. And and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna issue a challenge to to our viewers. Um, if you're in a place that you're struggling, if you're in a place where you're you're having trouble with those thoughts, listen to a Christian radio station for 30 days. Nothing else. Turn off the other stuff that you listen to and for 30 days, listen to Christian radio. And tell me in 30 days, and I'd love to see responses to these shows, you know, comments. Tell me in 30 days if you don't feel different. You don't feel positive. You don't feel lighter. You don't feel more at peace. And if you want to try the opposite, which I wouldn't encourage anybody to do this, for 30 days, listen to CNN or Fox News or all these things <laughs> on, on TV. And tell me if you feel positive and at peace in 30 days. If you don't think that the things that are fed to us affect the way we respond, you're, 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 you're fooling yourself. So if you want to be a better person, then listen to better things and be around better people. Uh, Our pastor at our church, I love the way he puts this. He says to our teenagers, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that that's all of us, no matter how old I'm 59, I'm not young, but every day I started my law firm because I wanted to surround myself. uh, I wanted to build a faith-based law firm to surround myself around people that felt that way that, that I did and, and had the same attitude of, of God that I want to be around because I need to be held accountable. And David, I'm, I'm sure you say you need to be held accountable. We all, all need to have somebody around us that will lead us in the narrow path, not the wide path. That's right, because bad company corrupts good character. Good company builds good character. And if you don't mind... Um, if anyone is struggling with addiction and need help, uh, just please reach out to freshstartcsl.com. Uh, we are more than happy to welcome them into our home and try to usher them to recovery. Awesome. And also, if you know, know of any churches or pastors that would like to partner with us and have us come tell our story at their churches or something, we're available for that too. And they could contact us at freshstartcsl.com. And we'll have that put on the screen at the end so that okay. people can see it. Awesome. Um, but yes, please reach out if we can help you in any way. Well, we've kind of gone over limit today. I want to wrap this thing up. Uh, God bless you guys for coming. Thank you. I hope that something that was said today touches your heart and touches your mind and, and helps you realize that every day is a second chance. 
God bless you all and thank you.